Welcome once again to the Brink and It Podcast. It's the best kind of podcast, cause it's my, my kind, kind of podcast, and it's your kind of podcast, and it's our kind of podcast. So it's top of the podcast. So let's start the podcast right now. Woo! Woo! Welcome. There were requests for that song. <laughs> Just by who? Me? Just a person. <laughs> One person. Um, Request. Episode 338. Sarah. Yep. Nice to see you. You too, as per usual. Your delight. Oh. How are you feeling? I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay is okay. Yeah, okay is, you know. You see that hashtag a lot that says, um, it's okay not to be okay? Right. And sometimes I'm not okay. You know, it's been kind right. of a tough God. week for me, honestly. Okay. You well, know? We will do our best to make it fun in here. Yes. Have a grand old Whoa. time. We'll learn something. Yep. You got any poo stories? Oh my god, let me see. Uh, what let if? me have a look. That is funny. Um poo. Yes. <laughs> what? Yes, I do. Oh my god. Would goodness. you like me to open with that? Please or? do. <laughs> the question asked by scholars uh, and then published in the Daily Beast, did Jesus poop? I mean. Are we really asking this question? This was a big debate amongst theologians for centuries. Are, well, come on. I'm serious. Why? Why? Please explain all of this to me. Certain things within theology are complicated, including the divinity and humanity of Jesus. Right. If somebody's fully human but fully divine, then it can be confusing about whether they participate in all the things that make humans human when it seems like it would be um, profane. Now, you know how it, there's a belief in, or it's it's said, I don't know, in North Korea that like Kim Jong-un, I think it is, yeah, never defecates. Oh, Have no. Have you heard this? They believe that? Yeah. Oh, God. That he's never, he doesn't, he doesn't need to, like, all this stuff. So it's interesting. And when you hear that story, we're like, oh, that's ridiculous that everybody believes that. Yeah. And it's so easy to dismiss that. Yeah. And then you say a question like, did Jesus poop? And we're like, well, we got to debate it. Yeah. Come on. Right. Because if you're a believer and you think somebody is God, then it seems really profane to believe that they sat on the shitter <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and did that. And uh-huh. so people had to decide. And the real question is, is he a water or a folder? Oh my God. <laughs> Did we determine you're a folder? Yep. Yeah, it makes me crazy. That's so funny. Well, he oh. was probably, I think Jesus would probably be a folder. Yeah, I do. Too. Too. Yeah. He seems methodical. It seems like he would be slow. He was so organized. Yeah. He was a carpenter. They have to be meticulous yes, with detail. Totally. He's folding it for sure. <laughs> right. I mean, we'll forget that there wasn't, just ignore the fact there wasn't toilet paper. <laughs> I wonder though if it were. If you're a believer, if it bothers you, even if you think, yes, of course, Jesus pooped, does it make you upset? Oh, interesting. Do you, did you, you remember the part of Sarah Silverman's stand up about the question? She raises it, she asks, poses a question to the audience, and she says, okay, does anybody here like a real believer? Like, you are like, yes, I'm religious. And one man raises his hand, and he's like, yes, I believe. Yeah, all that. She calls, she's like, come, come up to the stage. She goes, would you? Was he Catholic? Yes, I yeah, think so. Yeah, okay. She's like, would you let Jesus or God come in your mouth? Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Did he in the end say yes? He said no. Oh, he said no. Yeah, and she said, that is the answer that I get. Is like, you are not alone. That is the majority of the time. That is the answer that they give. And to I you, would. sir, I say, you are not a believer. <laughs> like, if God says to you, yeah. here's the deal, I'm, I'm going to have to come in your mouth, then you should be like, all right, God. Whatever you say. And then she goes into a whole bit about like Cain and Abel and like, you know, how at the very last minute he was like, no, no, it was just a test. And then <laughs> it's like, but now you got to suck my dick. Oh, do you mean, um, wait, Abraham and Isaac? Oh, Ab- yeah. well, whoever has to kill their son. Yeah, Abraham. Yeah. And Isaac. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that, I would let God come in my mouth. I mean, seems like if, if. Seamen's like. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. For I already sure. love this episode. <laughs> Good. Yeah, that's my poop story. It's not much of a story. It's just a fun question. Just a fun question. So what? What are, what are like theologians? What, what's they used to believe? They used to. I, and when I say they, I mean like the Catholic Church. Yeah. 
uh, believed that he did not poop. Oh, my God. And then they, you know how they change their mind about stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think we're at the point now where everyone's like, yeah, he pooped, but, yeah. but we're okay with it. He's still God. Everybody poops. Everybody poops. They throw that page in, the last page of that book. Because if he's eating, Jesus. then if he's not pooping, then you have to determine right. what's going, what's happening. Right. It's too complicated for me. Way too complicated. You know, his body's normal. Yeah. Presumably. I mean, come on. Do you think Jesus um, did all those miracles? That's a t- I mean... There's I, no right answer here. Right. We don't it's, know. Well, and I was having this conversation with a friend the other day about... He, he was talking about some sort of religion that gave... A, a, like said, men of a certain age need to wait a certain amount of time before each ejaculation or something like that. Oh, and it was like, I don't know whether it was like a day for however old you are, a year for however, I don't know what the, what the whole breakdown was. Uh-huh. And I was saying, okay, there's with any story in the Bible, with anything, you know, my belief is that they are lessons that the people at that time needed, but you can't just say like, for example, like, you know, where it says like men should not lie with men. What at the time when you're building a population it's, and people don't understand how babies are made. What they were trying to do is say, hey, just so you know, if, you, if we want to grow our population, it's going to need to be a man and a woman because it doesn't really work like that with a man and a man and blah, blah, blah. And I feel like that's the lesson they were trying to teach of like, how do you make a human Yeah, with a man and a woman? Yes. This is what I'm, I always try to tell people. Sin ought to make sense. Yeah. It, if... I murder someone, I can see how that negatively affects the other person. If I steal from them, I can see. If I uh, lust after their wife, Mm -hmm. I can see how that might Mm -hmm. affect the relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't see why a loving homosexual partner, or even not loving, I don't care, uh, would negatively affect anyone. So that's why I know it's not a like So you got to look at what these, you know, quote unquote miracles, or what, like what was the really the lesson that people who were writing were trying to teach the the public well and that's what it feels like to me is like can we think about Jesus was doing something funky though because even outside of the bible we know that he drew crowds yeah. we can confirm it through outside sources yeah. besides the the Bible. So, and they said that he was performing miracles. So either it's like a David Blaine situation uh-huh. where he's like creating the illusion or he had some sort of yeah, awesome I'm, energy that was able to heal people. I think stuff. there's an awesome energy there. Yeah, maybe. You know? Mm-hmm. I would have loved to meet that guy. Right. Hope I do someday. Yeah, there you go. Out in the ether. Mm-hmm. Who knows what he's up to? Man, that's interesting. That's like yeah. just something to fun. Yeah, think something about. to think about. It's like part of me is like I really want to believe that water to wine thing, and then oh I'm like, God, I'm like really a little bit of info on how to get info. that level of divinity to where I can do that too. Yeah, and he he um, created wine that was even more delicious. I mean, even though it was the end of the wedding, which usually you start with the good wine. Yeah, he gave the good wine at the end, and everyone was like, "What the?" Fuck? <laughs> they were super happy. <gasps> I mean, that's that's great. No wonder he had a crowd following him. Right. Honest to God, if anyone did that, I would be a believer. uh, Sold. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I believe you. (laughs) Right. And why David Blaine should do that. Mm -hmm. He isn't doing any wine tricks. Yeah. Give the people what they want. Can it with your cards. (laughs) We're thirsty. Yeah, yeah. You can levitate. I know. But we we know. (laughs) Weren't you the one who... Didn't, what's your theory on how he levitates? Didn't, I thought you had a theory. There's something about like the angles and like being up on a mm-hmm. certain thing with his shoe, and I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what everyone says. Yeah. There's like diagrams that you yeah. can look at. Yeah, it's still. It's still weird. Right. But it's not helpful. Wine, though, that's helpful. Yes. Another thing that's helpful is having a bra that fits. Yes. Right? There's a miracle. It. <laughs> Third love is the ticket if you want your breasts to be happy and cupped perfectly Mm -hmm. um, because they have a quiz. It's a fit finder quiz where you can go on and since they design bras with breast size and shape in mind of all these women that they've measured and uh, 
surveyed, you're going to find the perfect fit. They have over 70 sizes, including their signature half cups. They're the only bras that I wear now, and I really love their loungewear. Their jammies are really nice. Um, 100% fit guarantee, so you can wear it, wash it, put it to the test for 60 days. If you don't love it, you can return it, and they'll wash it and donate it to a woman in need, which is really nice. Um, and they're lightweight. They have the super thin memory foam cups. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash brain now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash brain for 15% off. Mm-hmm. Yep. There you go. It's not a miracle anymore. Just a way of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a restaurant that's coming out, or I guess it is out. And it's a hands-free. Oh, so it's a trough. <laughs> they should call it that. It's not. It's not a trough. Or they, somebody feed you. They oh! feed you, Sarah. They feed you. A trough. That's way funnier. I was like, so like hands tied behind the back? What is <laughs> That's this? That's a good question. Right. That made me laugh. Okay. So no. and like I they do put like the, this. the wine glass up to your mouth okay. and all that. I wonder, you like it. Yeah, well, for like a novelty thing. But, Here's, remember how we were talking about popcorn in the movies and how if you eat it with chopsticks that you will enjoy the popcorn more and like the whole experience more? I wonder if having somebody feed it to you would make you, because it's almost changing. I feel like it would make you more of a, a, what do they call it? Like conscious eating, Mm -hmm. like where you're mindful, mindful eating, mindful Mm -hmm and you're aware and I feel like you're, you would be focused more on, okay, I'm going to open my mouth. I'm going to chew it. What does this taste like? If somebody else were feeding it to you, mm-hmm. it feels like you would probably be more mindful in enjoying the food. I would be happy to have someone cut up my food. That's a big pain. And, and like, just ask my seven-year-old, he would agree with that. <laughs> in my, in my he- head's version of this restaurant, we're on a beach in Hawaii and I'm like in a hammock and there's a very attractive shirtless muscly okay. man now that... who's feeding me this wine and like another guy's fanning me and yeah, like I could get there's like that. some grapes that are like Maybe you know. they've just not arrived at the ideal mm-hmm. model mm-hmm. for the restaurant, but you're filling in the gaps. And I don't want I would wanna I don't wanna the weird thing is is eating with people. So if you're sitting at a table, yeah. you and me. Yeah, right. And people naturally eat. So like we're in the middle of a conversation. Right. And I'm like, uh, excuse me, uh, sir, I'd like another bite. That seems weird. Like, I what agree. do you do to signal? Do you just open your mouth? I have so many questions. <laughs> like a baby. Uh, what if they said, what if they did that? Okay, here comes the airplane. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't have the answers that you seek. Um, but, but I do likewise, I think that it would affect the vibe of a conversation. I don't even like, you know, when you're at a table and there's people lurking, like, I don't know if it's a server that over at the table nearby or when the server comes over to get stuff and then you just like, can't say anything. Mm -hmm. So that would, I just keep talking. You do. I went out to dinner with my friend Mariana the other night, shout out to Mariana. And, uh, the, we, I mean, we were just like gabbing like crazy and I'm very animated when I talk and we were talking about subjects in which I would be really animated to discuss mm-hmm. and the server just kept coming over and he'd be like, oh, I'm sorry again for interrupting. And I'm like, I'm just a talker. You're always going to be interrupting. Like, yeah, right. That's it's how fine. it's going to go. Yeah. It's not their fault. It's not. And you know, yeah. but I just we were like don't. tucked in the corner. I'm and- more private. I do notice that with you, like when we're at a restaurant, I'm always like, like trying to be really quiet and Sarah does not care who hears her and I'm one of those people that shrinks because I don't want anyone to hear what I'm saying. It's so funny. It's um, like the Italian, I, you know, growing up in, 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 in like eating with Italian families and like restaurants there. But like when people people talk really loud at the restaurant that aren't you, don't you hate it? No, I don't even really notice. What is wrong with you? I don't know. I'm always like, shut up. I should not hear their conversation. I'm trying to think if I've ever been... Wow, this is going to be one of those ones where like, if you don't recognize the loud person at the restaurant, it's probably you. Oh my God. I think that may be it. Damn. Sarah. I mean... Nobody's happy that you're doing that. I mean, that's probably true. I should probably check my volume and like use my inside voice. I always wonder 12-inch that. 12-inch whispers. I always wonder that though about the loud talker. Do they know they're being loud or they and they just don't care or they're not self-aware? I had... 
to get my ears cleaned once. And when I did, I noticed that <laughs> oh I god. felt like I talked quiet, like I was talking loud. And then I'm like, oh my god, was I talking really loud because I couldn't hear myself? Or but you maybe just, that's just in my head. Sorry, I'm yawning. Oh yeah, I'm just tired. A long day. Let's take a nap, you guys. Let's do it. Let's do the just siesta like thing. Cuddle. Did you have like a earwax build yeah. up? Yeah. What was the problem there? I was surfing a lot and going in the water and like it was just oh, man. When they cleaned it out, is. when they cleaned it out, something came out. I'll never forget. It was the best feeling. It like pops. It was the size. They like flush it out. So yeah. they like doing like water and they spray and then you turn your head and there's like a pan underneath that catches it. And this black ball oh, come that on. was no joke the size of between a nickel and a quarter came out of my ear get out i swear what the hell was and it and now till that like i've only had my ears cleaned out one other time when i was on a challenge and there was water and I, it got like impact and i kept feeling something and they flushed it out and found a little piece of plastic in my ear shut up like we like you know we'd been in the in in a you know how they always put us in the weird ports yes where we're the like port the authority. disgusting gross water that yeah. we're falling into it's yeah. always in a boat like that's what I fell into, and because you're smacking the water so hard, it just lodged. Like there were like, yeah, it was like one or two little pieces of this red plastic. I cannot believe that, that. came out of my ear, and I'm like, there's definitely uh, something in there. And they flush it. I'm like, get the other one too. And so I was really hoping that like every time I go in to have that done, I'm like, just give me the big black ball. Like, Do you pay cash like, for that, or is it covered? Like well, not on the challenge, the, but uh, in real life. It was covered by my insurance I when it. I did before because you just like if you I was getting ear infections a lot. Oh my god! And Sarah. It was like, oh yeah, you gotta get. There was a place in uh, down by where I lived where I would go that was that now they tell you like don't go surf there because there's like too much runoff and if you go like right after a storm, Ew, it's yeah. like yeah, Doheny have, Beach and San, don't go there. You have um, a weird situation: ear, nose, and throat. I think I yeah I do yeah because you got rid of your tonsils mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. What I got, else? I had is a it? full, not just a tonsillectomy. I had the other the thing where they take like everything. That's why Sarah's really good at BJ's. Super good. I mean, for real, because you have no gag reflex. <laughs> I mean, I do. No, you I have, have a, a really oh, sensitive false, one. False alarm there. But false you know, mine never matter. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, mine never matter. Yeah, no, I just it definitely. And I always have like post nasal drip, you know that awful thing where it feels See? like there's something back there. Mm-hmm. Allergies. Yeah, I'm surprised bad. you don't have narcolepsy. Did you know that how like tonsils and stuff are connected to narcolepsy? Really? Sometimes, in fact, if you have narcolepsy, they'll remove your tonsils, mm-hmm. hoping that it will cure the problem. Wow. Well, it was it was sleep problems when I was little that got me See? because I would just stop breathing in the middle of the night. Oh, that's scary. And my mom's would. I mean, she freaked out because I would just stop. Right. That is, and I like it's a scary t- moment. Turn purple, and she's like, "Oh my god!" And then you know, wait, I go wake up and go <gasps> turn purple. Like I was short of breath. That's what she says. And she said, "You just stop breathing." And then it would like, and all of a sudden you take these big like <gasps> gas. You're so a medical marvel. I guess so. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I never know what to write down when I try to like take notes on what You're we like, talk what about. Is Sarah's that? ear notes. Yeah, I wish I had. I mean, I wish this was when I got my ear cleaned. It was back in the day when I had like a phone with a camera. Yeah, man, so that would have been a good photo. I am a all gross for that. Photo. You should see the Trigger garbage can photo. of my photos because <laughs> I take pictures all the time of stuff on my body that I want to get a closer look. Oh at. my god, that's so funny. <laughs> like, uh-huh. aren't you into like inspecting? Yeah, and I really, I'm well. I would be into that, but I'm like really scared to go to the dermatologist. I've never done that. Okay. Can well, you believe that? I need to no. do that. No. What are you scared of? That I'm going to have, that they're going to, I don't, what, you what ha- am I scared of? I have to go. What's wrong with me? I know. <laughs> write it down on my to-do yourself. list. Go to the dermatologist. Well, it's great. It's so, I do I it every year. I get a full down. body check on, and I do inventory of all my little moles. Yeah. Cause I got two that I'm a little. I can you do know, it. You know, I know you will. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, check it. I got one on my leg. I need you to take a look the at it. The ABCs yeah. of skin cancer. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. Well, yeah, and usually they'll have a look and they'll be like, it's fine. Yeah. And when it's not, then they'll just scoop it right out. Right, I need that. Yeah. I mean, it, I'm fascinated by people who don't go to the doctor because they don't want to hear bad news, as if that would right. change the outcome. It's totally true. It's so silly. If anything, it would make a better outcome. Right, I got to just do that. I don't know why I'm dragging my feet well you should also not drag your feet about this really cool service um i am at the 
point in parenting when mm-hmm. my son is really into technology. Oh, cool. Yeah. Or, or maybe not cool. Well, <laughs> I, it's great. It comes yes. in handy. He learns a lot. But, you know, there's a feeling of like, oh. what's appropriate? Oh, yeah. You got to make sure they're not using it all the time. For real. There's a company called Circle. And Circle makes a thing that allows you to put limits on, um, you know, the access, what they are able to get to. Let's say you don't want them on Instagram too long. You can Mm -hmm. limit their usage of that. Um, it's your, it's the easiest way to manage your family's online time across all their connected devices and inside and outside your home. Um, you can filter what content's allowed, set limits for screen time. You can monitor history and usage. Mm-hmm. For, think about for teenagers, preteens. You have to. It's essential. You have to do that. Like if they're on doing Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all that stuff. And it's Holy like, crap. I only understood like half those words. <laughs> it's like another language. Yeah. Um, and then some of the kids, you know how they buy apps. Yep. At, Lincoln already does that where yep. I'm like, uh, excuse me, you know. Uh-huh. But- this way you can stop worrying about your kids and you have, you know, Circle that will help you do that. Right now our listeners get a limited time offer of $30 off a Circle Home Plus. It's a little device. When you visit meetcircle.com slash brain candy and enter brain candy at checkout, get $30 off when you visit meetcircle.com slash brain candy and enter brain candy at checkout. This is a limited time podcast exclusive offer. That's meetcircle.com slash brain candy and enter brain candy to save $30. At least check it out and see if it yeah. fits your needs because that's a big problem. My uh, uh, father-in-law and his family could have really used that with uh, uh, my, I guess, sister-in-law Yeah. Um, when she was probably about nine years old, yeah. 10 years old, she spent $1,200 on squishy toys on Amazon You're in lying. one night. No. And they, Did they like, return them? Yeah. yeah. They were like, what the hell? I think some of them they couldn't. They were able to like like oh dispute the charge God. or whatever. But it was like, what are you doing? And she was just yeah, like, what if? Bye, 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 bye. And they didn't even know. Yeah, she didn't know. Well, that's one of the problems with the digital age is that they mm. never, they don't see money that much, mm-hmm. actual money. Mm-hmm. And so even with Lincoln, I don't think he understands what goes on in the transaction when they, like you go on Amazon. They don't. It's almost like they just think you're picking out yes. what you want and don't realize you have yes. to pay for yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and that's kind of the, why a lot of those people tell you to always use cash because also for yourself, it mm-hmm. helps you spend less, but with your kids, mm-hmm. at least they can see. Mm-hmm. Man. Right? Yeah. You know, it's funny you bring that up. Did we talk about the Amazon Fulfillment Centers. No. And okay, so I was just watching the show John Oliver, mm-hmm. like last week tonight with John Oliver, and he was going over what these Amazon Fulfillment Centers are like. Yeah. And how like, you know, we think Amazon, oh, they sound like they're doing such a good thing because they raise the minimum wage for $15, all their employees, blah, 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 blah. So what he was saying on the show is that with all the retail stores closing, the about the same number of people who lost jobs to those re- closing retail stores there were growth, we saw growth in the warehouse industry where basically all those people who used to work in retail moved into this fact, almost like warehouse factory yeah. thing that is happening. Okay. And what the Amazon fulfillment centers are really like. Yeah. They're walking 17 to 20 miles a day. And the system that's in place for how they do it is so bizarre. Like the thing that they care about the most is efficiency yes yeah if we've already said that package is on its way doesn't matter what you do you have to get that package on its way amazon is is being so what happens is the fulfillment centers are contracted out so like the company so say you shop at you know i don't know where of the gap the gap uses another company for their fulfillment center yeah so and the gap doesn't really regulate what the conditions are like. I just use that example. Right. That's on, at the, yeah, at you the hear centers. a lot of this. Like, so it's like, not us. Right. Yeah. And so, like, some of these fulfillment centers, there was one in, I want to say, Texas, where it's like a metal big room that they were in, no air conditioning, no nothing. People were, di- like, passing out of, of like, heat stroke, mm-hmm. all this terrible stuff. And, I mean, no, like, regulations in how it works and at amazon they're doing they're kind of trying to use robots for some things or automate some things and they're still doing human stuff and no joke multiple times 
some kind of robot has accidentally punctured bear mace. Yeah, yeah. And this has not happened just like once or twice. Like they've maced employees multiple times. And like Amazon released something that said like, we are doing, you know, taking extra steps in the packaging and how bear mace is stored. It's like, oh, for Pete's sake. And it just seems like this world where, I mean, these people are worked insanely hard. To death. To death. For mm-hmm. real. And like older people who, you know, there's, there was one man who was being interviewed who was, I want to say in his like seventies, who was like, I just physically can't do this. Yeah. It's too much. Yeah. And I come home and I'm just exhausted from these days where they're just getting... Some of them wear diapers. Yeah. Even because they because, don't get breaks to go to the bathroom. And there were, there were a couple of pregnant women who were, are like suing or, or you know, because... They wouldn't allow them bathroom breaks to go, and they're like, "I got, I got to go to the bath." I mean, I'm pregnant, and yeah. you know, could you even imagine? No, and I get why people <sighs> then say, "Well, you should shop small, shop local," mm-hmm. and I agree. Whenever mm-hmm. you can, that's awesome. But I also don't think it should be the consumer's responsibility right. to oh, for sure police Bezos. Come on, right? I feel like either the government or whatever mm-hmm. should intervene mm-hmm. so that there's oversight. Right, and you know this is like the, the whole thing. This is why we needed unions along the way. Well, that it's interesting you even say that because Amazon goes to great lengths to train. They even have a whole video of like. Why the evil unions, unions are, yep, yeah, yeah. uh-huh, of like, here, you can't let them do this, don't do that, da-da-da-da, you know, and then they, like, he had a whole joke, he was, like, doing this little cartoon of, like, you know, of uh, Amazon workers who tried to unionize, and the next thing you know, a robot accidentally punctures bear mace, right. and they're like, oh, tried to, oh, what's that, union, boom, bear mace, bear, right. everybody's been maced, <laughs> and that's why right. it's happening so much. Yeah, it's it not a good, a good situation. But it's sad that people are getting bear maced. Yes. Yes. So Fair that, nice. like, I mean, it's just interesting. I, I saw that, and I was, and they, they said, like, you know, so like, you know, maybe those Oreos that you uh, needed next day delivery on, you can like wait, freaking two days. Like, okay, wait. So what are they suggesting for, that? Like, <sighs> we should just go to the store and get it ourselves, or what? Yeah, or like, kind of like think about next time you're clicking that button of like, I need this right now. Is this an item that you actually need right this second, and what that means to the other person on the other end, who's going to be the one getting it? And da da da, like yeah. All this like stuff. I said, I get that. I just don't yeah. think it should it, be. I my totally job. agree. I totally yeah. agree. That's and what are we going to do? Like boycott Amazon? No. Right. 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 You know, mm, it is something to think about. Something else a lot of people are thinking about is whether they're going to have a baby, mm-hmm. and thanks to modern fertility you can make that process a heck of a lot easier. This is such a great system. It's the first comprehensive fertility hormone test for women that you can take at home. This is something that would cost you 1500 bucks. It's crazy. At the doctor's office. It's not covered. And this is just $159. And they they would make you do that before you do any of the other... All the the, other stuff. So like arm yourself with the information, then go talk to your doctor. I just love that it's so affordable, especially because so many people are waiting to have kids. So they're older and that can be uh, more difficult Mm -hmm. and like just you need more information about what's going on in your body. I took the test. So you um, get a little kit and you just do one of those pricks on your finger, kind of like when people have diabetes, Mm -hmm. like those things. And um, then you send it back and it'll tell you if you have more or less eggs than average, if you, what what you could expect from IVF or egg freezing, how your hormone levels are related to um, PCOS, which is very common. Um, You can get all your questions answered with one of the fertility nurses, which is wonderful as well. And it's just, to me, it's like, if you're thinking about having kids, you might as well find out what's going on in your body. Um, take the fertility quiz and get $20 off your first kit at modernfertility.com. Again, take that fertility quiz and get $20 off your first kit at modernfertility.com slash brain candy. Super, super easy. And I mean, so many people are in that position. 159 bucks. Come on. Yes. Oh my goodness. Um, I've spent more on less. (laughs) That's a good line. Okay. What else? 
Oh, I heard an awesome story on... Oh, my God. I've been watching this show like crazy. Uh, uh, oh, what's the sports one that we love? That Not 30 for 30. The mm. real... Like real sports with Brian Gumbel? Is that it? Who's we love? Real sports? No, but who do you, who do you say we love yeah, it? Yeah, or maybe it's 30 for 30 that we both love. I love that. Okay. There's another show called Real Sports. That you love. That I love. <laughs> That's basically the same thing. Okay. So this is such a good story. I, I couldn't even believe it when I heard it and I was like, we need to a- adapt this and throw away our rules of how we... Uh, let me just tell you. Yes, tell me. So people were looking at, researchers were looking at Norway. Okay. In the last Olympics, Norway swooped in the medals. They won everything. And they won summer and winter Olympics. They're like crushing it. Oh, yeah. And they had the largest medal hall. I've read about this. They fight, they're they doing Americans. How, how they're teaching. I get goosebumps. Yeah. It's the coolest thing I've ever yeah. heard. Yeah. So they're saying, and they're like, what? Why is this? Why do they have such superior athletes when the population is the size of, like, Minnesota. Right. I couldn't even believe it. I was like, what? But they're sweeping all of every single event. Yeah. And it's because of how they've changed the rules on sports and play for children. Yes. So the rule in Norway is you cannot... There's no such thing as competitive sports until after the age 12. Yeah. It's just for fun. Just for fun. Yeah. There's no winners. There's no losers. There's no... Everybody gets to play. It's affordable. You, when you see these kids playing... There's joy. Uh, pure joy. Right. It made me, like, tear up. I cried watching this because I was like, look at these children. And what it does is... What, what the problem with how we, like, look at sports right now is it's... We're basically like making these children professionals at age, or treating them like professionals at age six, seven, eight. Like, oh, you got to train like this. You got to baseball. You got to become the best. You got to get the coaches. You got to like work for the trophy. And, you know, and then the coaches are looking at children who are like, oh, well, he's got a body that would be suited for this. And she's like really good at this. So I'm going to push him into that sport. But what that does is, is it weeds out people who are could be late bloomers, mm. people who could be um, you know not interested and then become interested. It increases the likelihood of burnout because you're like forcing a child to be doing this and then they just don't last. They like burn out before college and then yeah. they they are like I'm over it. And by allowing them to just play to fall in love with a sport. Mm-hmm. And then once they decide after the age of 12, where they're like, okay, I really like soccer. Then they go all in and they're like, okay, we'll get you the trainers. We'll get you everything. It'll be the best. It'll, you know, and the, but when you have somebody who genuinely loves it for all the right reasons, because it started with play and fun and camaraderie and friend, the focus, like the rules are the cutest. It's like a, a bill of rights that a sports children's Bill of Rights for Sports. And it's like, fun, play, friendship. I'm like, this is awesome. This is what we need to do. When is America getting on board? Never because of all the money that's in children's sports. Oh, you think that's why? For sure. The, there are towns, there's a town right outside of Las Vegas that is completely developed because of the Little League World Series. Right. And it has become a vacation destination. These families get like one vacation a year. Right. And you've got a child who's in the World Series of baseball. You bet your f- family's going there for their vacation to be at the World Series. They're opened hotels. They have the, you know, rental, the properties. They And it is a town that was created around a child's sporting. I know. think there's also, though, an element of... The American worldview, yeah, which totally. is about winners win, and win, losers, win. Yes. and <sighs> not individualism. You know, because right. if you're in a society where everyone pitches in right. and takes, yeah, 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 then you're more inclined to be like, yeah, who cares who wins right. or whatever. But if you're in our society where mm-hmm. it's like personal responsibility, every man for himself, well, then you're gonna think, oh, this is creating just a bunch of pansies. 
Yeah. I mean, that's what, yeah. how they think of even like and the participation so trophy thing, which I get. I mean, like, yeah. let's calm down with yeah. everything, but. But like, don't give them a trophy. Just I agree. Don't give Nobody they wants don't the it. fucking trophies. Oh God, we don't want the trophies. We didn't even go to his baseball banquet mm-hmm. and they're like, what do you want us to do with this trophy? I'm like, shove it up your ass. Right. It's going to end up at the Goodwill anyway. <laughs> like five years. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So really. We're weird though. I think most people are not into this. But I mean, if you saw, just watch this. If you see these kids and how happy they are, and you tell me that, and they they make everything play and fun, and, well, and we can now see it's effective too. So it's not effective. like it creates lazy people. No, yeah. completely up people who are healthy, fit, who love just sports, and there's better, you know, friendships and group dynamics and relationships, and it's all win 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 win. Yeah, I see no downside to this. Oh, that's encouraging. Yeah, and I just couldn't Norwegians believe that. Norwegians are wonderful people. Like, amazing. Oh, my God. When I was in Norway for the challenge, I the pilot of our helicopter was the hottest guy I had ever met. Ever he, met? For, I'm not kidding. Oh, my he God. He was so tall. He was so dreamy. He was teaching me how I can safely jump out of a helicopter, which I already was like, oh, tell me more. Like, okay how do I be safe? (laughs) You know? And he was so cute. And he was in like the flight suit and all that stuff and like the gear. And I just remember being like, oh, he's dreaming. Hello, gorgeous. And then the Norwegians, like, they're just They're very happy. And they're so good looking. You think? I, yep. I miss, I don't know the same ones you do. Oh my God. When I was like walking down the street there, I was like, doable, totally doable. Doable. So is she. I'll take that. (laughs) Yep. I, there were so many attractive people. I'm really Sweden, happy for you. And, I mean, yeah. Now I'm surprised because you're really into like the dark skin folks. I know. I was going to say where else? Yeah, that that would be the exception I would make. Maybe know? it's because you're not like I feel like you're usually around brown skin people, and maybe, it's like, oh my god, I've never seen this attractive like, white people, and they look like your family. Maybe there's that too. Like maybe evolutionarily speaking, maybe yeah. we're drawn to people ones that look, look like, like yeah. But yeah, usually like not me. my type. Yeah, no. But I was into this fl- I was into this pilot. I don't know how you ended up with a white man to be honest. I don't either. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fluke. Yeah. He got in under the wire. <laughs> um some one of our listeners, let me see if I can find her name. I like to tell uh Brandy mm-hmm. sent in an article about honesty around the world. Oh. Uh, and I thought it would be fun to discuss. Um honesty. Okay, so What's your theory about, I don't know, okay, you find a wallet. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to, I yes. Let okay. me not even say theory. What is your, like if you find a wallet. Always the best policy. I'm turning, I'm almost overly honest. That's true. It's I, I that is That is where I live. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, so, and yeah. do you think other people are probably like you or do you think you're unusual? Well, oh, I, what's really important to me is being like conscientious and being the same person when nobody's watching mm-hmm. than I would be if somebody were watching. Yeah. And I think I, I really, that became really important to me being on TV. Yeah. Because I, I understood that there I had an opportunity to be, present myself however I wanted. And I, you know, like, oh, do everything right. Oh, be super conscientious. But how fake if I were like that on TV and then I didn't live that in real life. Yeah. So... I do think I make sure, and, and almost like I can't not do it where, you know, I walked in, the, if I see a piece of trash, I'm going to pick it up. Mm-hmm. If I see somebody who dropped something, I'm going to go give it back, give it to them. Yeah, I'm you, going to, I do believe that you try to do the right thing. Totally. Mm-hmm. So my problem is assuming that other people are also yeah. like that. Yeah, that's a mistake. Although and, in yeah. this case, the... They constructed a international study. So they did it all over the world in different countries. And they placed a, what they call a wallet, mm-hmm. but I'll talk more about that in a moment, mm-hmm. with business cards, some money, and I don't know, maybe a couple other things in mm-hmm. there just to see who's going to turn it in yeah. what are they, or are they going to keep it. And funnily enough, the more money was in it, the more likely they were to turn it in. Huh. Which, I huh. mean, I suppose it surprised me, but it doesn't. Because you can imagine what that would feel like if you lost a ton right. of money. So right. I think a lot of people go there in their mind, like, yeah. someone's really missing this. Uh-huh. 
wallet. Whereas if it's like $2. Or maybe it's like that the more I think, okay, more money is in it. Maybe if I find it and give it back, there's more likely that they're going to give me some reward. Or even just praise. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because some people really like to feel that sense mm-hmm. of like, I did the right thing. I, that's probably me. I fell into that category. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. But I don't need... That's... Okay. So now even thinking about this more. So I've worked on being, you know, making sure I do the right thing, whether people are watching or not. And then the next step of that is I had to work on doing it for altruistic reasons, not for my own personal satisfaction of like being the one to like pat myself on the back. Yeah. So I tried to do things where I would be kind or giving or, you know, help or whatever it is and do those kind of things, but be anonymous. Yeah. Like your motivation wasn't praise or attention. But I I tried, I really am like conscious about these different, you know. Yeah. I, here's my trouble, which is that when they showed a picture of the wallet, Mm -hmm. it was like one of those clear sort of like plastic binder materials Hmm. that almost like you would get at Office Depot or Staples Mm -hmm. that could hold stuff and is technically a wallet, but not like a wallet. Yeah. Maybe it was just an internet, like it had something to do maybe. with something that would be universally yeah, recognized as a wallet. Yeah. Cause I was picturing, you know, like a leather yeah. wallet or a, maybe even a fabric, mm-hmm. but this was just like plastic. It makes me quite wonder how do other people carry their money in different countries? Yeah, great. Maybe we're weird. Yeah. So did they, do you have a list of the top countries? No, I don't. I'm what? sorry. Uh, they, tell me who's the most honest. And I don't what? remember them specifying. What? They just it said seems... like across countries that it was something that it wasn't location specific, that it was just across the board. People were more likely to turn oh, okay. the wallet in the more money it had. My guess for places that would be really good that were yeah. Thailand. Yeah. Any Buddhist country. Yeah. Because good point. they understood that. What yeah. comes back to me, like, I have two options here. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. I, I always point. felt safe and that people were. The study doing the right was thing. on npr.org. Oh, cool. So you could look that up. And um, they did it with 17,000 wallets. So it's a lot. Whoa. It's a big study. Um, Honesty, huh? Yeah. And something that I'm honest about is how I take my vitamins every day now, yes. which I never did before because usually they made me sick. Mm hmm. Um, and thanks to Ritual, I don't have that problem anymore because they have vitamins that taste like mint, smell like mint when you open the bottle. They don't have that gross. I don't even know what that other scent is mm-hmm. um, that a lot of vitamins have. And they're time release, so you don't get that sick feeling like if you haven't eaten enough. And all of us are eating, but not all of us are getting the vitamins we need from our food. So this fills in the gaps um, in a woman's diet. So that's fantastic. And... Um, they're vegan friendly, sugar free, non GMO, all that stuff. And then it's a subscription. So it comes to your house whenever you need it. And you can snooze it or whatever if you get behind, because sometimes we forget. Mm-hmm. Ritual is the obsessively researched multivitamin designed for women by women. It contains nine nutrients that are difficult to get enough of every day, even when uh, you have a healthy diet. And instead of taking five to eight vitamins, Ritual makes it easy. You just take two capsules a day. Order online at Ritual.com for around $1 a day. Ritual is delivered to your door monthly so you can stay on track with your new healthy habit. Try Ritual today because you'll get an exclusive offer for 10% off your first three months. Visit Ritual.com slash candy to start your Ritual today. That's 10% off your first three months at Ritual.com slash candy. Anywho. Anywho. Um, do you want to hear about... There's something this is applicable to me, and I I imagine a lot of people, especially if you grew up poor. Okay, it's called the scarcity mindset, where uh-huh. like even if you end up having enough money, yes. you always feel like you are going to run out. Or I like, feel like that. Yeah, and I would say maybe not even poor, but where money wasn't a stable and consistent thing in your childhood or upbringing, like. There was instability financially, financial instability in your youth. Yeah, they were. I read this article about this concept, and it was saying not just for people that grew up with nothing, but people who even now have fluctuations in their income, yes. where you really don't know like what to expect as freelancers or whatever. Yeah, and it was saying that 
if you're somebody who experiences this, that what you should know is when you wander around in this mindset, you're, it has an effect on your productivity and Ooh. your IQ decreases by 14 points <gasps> whenever you have that moment of like, oh, am I going to run out of money? Oh no, I got a big bill. Or anytime oh you have those gosh. moments, it's the equivalent of pulling an all-nighter. Like if you don't sleep at all, wow. that's how much brain power you you lose whenever you're in that like scared huh. thing. Isn't that terrible? Yeah. And, and I relate it to that. Because I feel like when I experience that, my decision-making abilities decrease. Yeah, they say that... Even just like, you should pay this bill right now. And so I'm like, oh, what do I do? Do I not... Do I pay? Like, I don't know what to do in that moment. It was saying that what, when people do that, when they go into this thing, they're scared, yeah. they lose sight of the future. Mm-hmm. And then it's all just about now. Like, I'm going to yes. sell everything I own. Oh, my gosh. This has got to be... This is that same... So we talked about this many, many episodes ago about the HPA axis. Axis. H... Or A-X-I-S. But this really, like, uh, hormone-regulated center of your body that when you experience trauma, when you experience, which some people, financial instability is traumatic, that it changes the brain from executive functioning abilities to default survival functions, Mm -hmm. which is where time becomes Mm nonlinear. Your ability to put things in 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 an order is gone. Your ability to, like, language is affected. Um like processing ability, everything that you're saying. Yeah. Because it's triggering this survival instinct right. in us, which is essentially what that is. Yeah. And the only way to do that is to control that HPA axis by things like to re-regulate it. Re- well, because let's say you're being chased by a bear. Correct. You're not thinking about 10 years correct. from now. Impossible. And it's the same. Yes. Your brain yes. sees it the same. Yes. The bear just is a big bill you have to pay. Correct. Or whatever. And... You really have to be intentional about not letting that happen. And desensitize yourself. So like say it is a bear. We take that as an example. If you, to combat that, to re-regulate that system, we would do exposure therapy where you would, okay, you're, a bear is coming. You're near this bear. You're calm. You have these resources. You're able to handle it this way. To And you would get to a point where, you're so regulated in that system through small, you know, little exposure exercises or whatever that you turn on that executive functioning. You like bypass the, you learn how through like, you know, work yeah, and being really mindful and, and having this awareness work through that reactive place to get to more an executive place where you can be clear thinking, but it takes a lot of time mm-hmm. and it would have to be like, okay, I have this bill that, and you'd have to process in a very mindful way, all these things that come with, you know, that bill or money. It drives me crazy though, how many times a day Mm -hmm. I have to be that person because I'm a a very anxious human being and I'm really high strung. And so pretty much all day I have to be like, here's why everything's okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like tired of it. I love people. Some people can just do that naturally. You know what works for me that recently I've been really trying to do and it seems like it does work rather than trying to control how I'm thinking or what I'm thinking. I've instead switched to feel the outside of your brain working versus the inside because where these centers of our brain, where all this processing is happening is in the center in this animalistic, more like reptilian brain that all it all happens, all the functioning happens in that limbic system, which is right in the center of your brain. If you kind of take your hand and you make a fist with your thumb and you wrap your fingers around your thumb, you can think of your limbic system as this fist. And then the, the uh, uh, what is it? Cerebral cortex, which is like your executive functioning that was developed later as we evolved. That's where all of that deep thinking, processing, like ability to have rational thoughts and ideas about, and you know, blah, 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 blah. It happens in the outer layer of your brain. Mm-hmm. And 
I started to recognize when I would do like mindfulness or when I was in a state of meditation that I felt buzzy, but around the outside of my head, like brain. And so I started focusing on that part of my, like when I'm feeling anxiety, I go, okay, you're thinking, now imagine all your thoughts are happening in the middle of your brain. Now move them to the outside of your brain. And just by telling my brain that, I can, it almost feels like it moves the, it moves it to that outside. Hmm. You have to be super mindful about it and start telling yourself about this feeling. And I'm telling you, like, whether it's in my head and it's like placebo effect, whatevs, I notice a difference. Mm -hmm. I go, okay. And then I'm, when I think about thinking in that area of my brain, instantly I start to calm down. Mm -hmm. It's like, and I have these thoughts that pop in of like, we're fine. Everything's okay. But I don't have to tell myself to think everything's okay. Yeah. It feels more automatic, which makes it feel like, oh, I am okay. Because I'm not just saying that to myself. Mm -hmm. I'm giving the direction to think in this different area. And by doing that, all those nice thoughts come in. I need to do that. Yeah, try it. Or all you people out there, try it and then let me know what, what, what does it work? Does it not work? How did you feel? Did you feel like some kind of difference? If you focus when you're having those anxious feelings, focus on where you feel it in your head. I read this book called Conscious mm-hmm. and it was about the idea of, you know, human awareness. Mm-hmm. And like you go into it thinking like, well, humans are conscious mm-hmm. and we have an awareness about our identity. And then it gets so blurry because yep. they show all these studies of how the human brain gets confused and all thinks the they're acting willfully when they're not yep. and vice versa. Fills in a bunch of holes when we don't have information. That's yeah. terrifying. Yeah. And my lizard brain is so like, it's a control freak. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it had to be. It's <laughs> right, a survival right, skill. Right, right, right. That is that that reptilian brain is all how you survived. Well, and that idea of you know you know that thing where you say intellectually I know this yes but emotionally blah 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 correct it's almost like there are two people in there yes there are more than yep and that freaks me out because both of them think they're right Mm -hmm. my my intellectually I'm like life isn't that serious nobody gets out alive like what worst case Mm -hmm. scenario that Mm -hmm. what you die. And then, but emotionally, mm-hmm. your whatever that is mm-hmm. is saying you should be freaking out mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna have enough money. You're gonna run out. You're gonna be homeless. What you are know, those people fighting about I, in there? I wonder. So we talk. We've talked before about like repression of thoughts and repression of feelings and things like that, and how that can be dangerous or cause unintended consequences somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I wonder. If okay, and this just taking my own personal example and experience with this, when I had a miscarriage, yeah, my, we I was in that same place of like intellectually I understand, but blah, 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 blah. yeah, and my therapist would be like, yeah, 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 I get that, but you're not feeling these feelings. You're trying to think. You're thinking from the neck up instead of the next neck down, and you need to turn towards those feelings Which rather ones? than the ones where you're like. Everything's scary. Yes. Okay. And instead, feel that and go, and it is painful. I swear to God, when I felt sadness, that that deep sadness that I'd never, oh my God, I'm going to try try not to cry right now. When I felt that deep, deep sadness, I, I had like heartburn. Yeah. It, like it was so physically painful and I felt myself a million times trying to get out of it of like, oh God, you should write this down about your client because this is like totally going to be applicable to that. No, no, no. That's me trying to, that, that's, that's me trying to rationalize this feeling again. Just feel it. And I had to lay on the couch and I said, this is sadness. This is, and what does it feel like? It feels, it feels hollow. It feels deep. It feels painful in my chest. I thought of the areas of my body. And when I was able to turn towards that emotion and look at it, emotions are temporary. Mm -hmm. But when we repress them and when we try so hard to not allow ourselves to feel those feelings and try to rationalize and try to intellectualize, blah, blah, blah. The feelings are always still there and they live right underneath the surface. We can have the memory of that feeling, but until we process through the feeling and really allow ourselves to feel it, it'll still control us. Mm -hmm. So if you can really in those moments be like, okay, I'm anxious. I'm just going to sit here. I'm not going to try to do anything else, but I'm just going to be anxious. What does this feel like? And I bet you 
the, the length of the time that you'll be anxious will be so much shorter when you turn and look towards that emotion than if you were to try to say, okay, you're fine, everything's good, try to think about something else, because you're still ignoring that little, it's like a little screaming child inside of you that's going, no, but, but I'm really anxious. Mm-hmm. But, and so you need to look at the child and say, yeah, you are. What's that feel like for you? Mm. Oh, my God, my chest feels super, super tight. And, oh, my God, my shoulders are so stiff right now. I'm breathing really, really shallow. Okay, this is what I... And your body will naturally start to re-regulate, but only when you look at those things. I just get annoyed, though, when you, like, do the thing. Yeah. And you kind of rebound Mm -hmm. and you walk through it, and then it comes back. And you're like, I already did this. Mm -hmm. I already walked through that Mm -hmm. gate. Mm Mm-hmm. But sometimes your body doesn't cooperate. Right, and it takes a few times. Yeah. You know, it takes some time of... When that's the default. Yes, I've, exactly. I've I this, call it getting stuck in it, it but is. yeah, you're right. I, I use the expression with clients and even with friends that if you kind of think of our brains when we're like first start out, it's like we have this mountain with a million different trails that you can climb up. And you experience trauma when you're a child. You experience instability, anything like that. It's like you're forced to take a very dangerous path up the mountain. You go, okay, I'm forced to go in this dark trail. I can't see it. This is how I get up. It's super dangerous. And then because that is the trail that you've gotten through life on, that becomes your default trail. And it doesn't matter if somebody's like, well, there's a beautiful field over here that has no dark, scary animals and turns and you know you can see where you're going and it's a much easier walk but you're like uh uh-uh, I've never taken that trail I'm not going to try that it could be scary I don't know and this is the one it might be dangerous but my brain knows this and eventually you get to the place where you're like okay it's super dangerous but I know I can get down this path and I know there's I know what a, to expect I know what to expect yeah. even if it's bad yeah and so that becomes and if you think of it as this this starting point on a trail where there were you know this trailhead where there are a hundred different options and you always take the one that's dangerous even if you know that there are other trails that are safe, you will naturally start heading down that trail that's the dangerous one because it becomes the most familiar. Not because it's the best, not because it's the right one, not because it's the healthiest one. It's but it's you comforting. feel like you know it. You yeah. feel like you know it. So then what happens to a trail that you've gone down a hundred times? Does it become more ingrained? Does I was going to say, become... you marry it. Because yeah. a lot of these trails yes. are people you date. Totally. Yeah. Yep. You know, and you, or like your dad beat you up and yes, then your boyfriend it's the does. same yeah. trail because you're like, well, this feels familiar. I'd take this trail. And think about what it would take somebody who's been down that trail thousands of times who knows that trail to convince that person that there's... Try this other one. Try this other one. Like, yeah. fuck no. And last time I started on a trail, it was really dangerous. And I'd ra- like, so why, why wouldn't this or one? Or they might say, okay, and they start, and then they just start veering up slowly back to that yep. familiar path. Yep. I've even used this one with clients where I was telling them how I moved out of my house, you know, in Long Beach, and I moved into a house in, you know, South Orange County. And there was a night where I was really stressed out, and I was driving home, I think, from your house, Suze. And I drove, this was oh, yeah, four or five that. months after yeah. I moved into my new house. Yes. I drove to my old house, right. parked in front of the street, got out of my car and then went, what the fuck? I don't live here anymore. I've done This that. is way in the wrong direction of where I actually live. Right. But and your intention was to take yeah. that new path, but then your brain's like, hey, Default what about mode. this? <laughs> I wasn't aware. I wasn't being conscious. I wasn't being, uh-huh. And it is the same thing. It's funny how this show is called Brain Candy and it's like, Basically, my list of problems I have with our brains. <laughs> like, yeah. things I'm mad. I have right. an axe to grind right. with our brains. Oh, and for me, figuring all this stuff is like just a dose of candy for me. Yeah. Like, no, it is. wonderful. It's just sometimes you're like, come on, brain. And it's, it is. It's tricking us. It's yeah. like our worst enemy. It is so hard yeah. to... and. You know, I think about this all the time with how we have so much patience with physical fitness and and steps towards yeah. physical health. Yeah, like you have to do it. Because we understand the process. Yeah, right. But because we don't really, and it's not seen, mm-hmm. it's invisible growth. Yes. That 
we have to approach it the same way. Yeah, you don't get the, that same reward of like, here's a muscle overnight. or I lost it, right. weight or whatever. But the same way when you go to a gym and you're like, you find out like, and your trainer says like, okay, so you've been like lifting up the, like say you're doing bicep curls mm. and you've been doing it your way, whatever. And then you get that trainer that steps in that says, no, now keep your arm arm. Uh, uh, like locked in this position and twist your hand just a little bit this way and stabilize this muscle and now just work that. And you're like, whoa, that's so much harder and that totally works. That's like what I'm saying with the change the thoughts from the inside of the brain to the outside. It's like a trainer coming in and going, okay, this little tiny thing, let's Mm -hmm. tweak that. And then it might take you a lot of times at the gym to tell your arm, okay, nope, you got to hold it in place. You got to stabilize. We're going to focus on this muscle. For me, I needed the trainer or myself. I had to put my hand on that muscle and be like, okay, this is the one you want me to move. Got it. And we need to think the same way with our brain. Oh, this is where I need to be thinking about this in the, in the, you know, prefrontal cortex and in the, you know, that area. Yeah. Okay. Let me utilize that instead of the limbic system. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing, and we have the same power. We have the same power over our bicep that we do over our brain. We just have to work a little harder, and we're more used to training a very simple muscle than we are a very complex one. I don't like working any of them. This is true. I mean, let's be honest. I know, and they all take work. Mommy's tired. <laughs> uh, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Yeah. It makes us happy, and we have so little to live for. Uh, <laughs> see you next time. Bye. Bye. podcast is brought to you by Weave Podcast Network. Check out all of our shows, including the Brain Candy Podcast, I Don't Get It, Coffee Convos, and Let's Talk About It.